Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about them or talking about them. So we figured why not record us thinking and talking about it. We're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This is a super special mini show that we're doing this week. Super special. We have the author, Kate Golden, with us this mm-hmm. week. Uh, Kate, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so, so excited. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Oh, you, you've heard us talk about this on episodes before and on Instagram, um, but Kate Golden wrote the book, A Dawn of Onyx. Sarah and I read it. We loved it. It was so much fun to read. Um, and so we've clearly been gushing about that a bit. And Kate kindly accepted our offer uh, for an interview. And that is what we're doing for you today. So no, like Sarah J. Mass spoilers, anything like that. And hopefully this interview itself will be mostly spoiler free with A Dawn of Onyx if you haven't had a chance to read that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but this should be like a fun, special mini-sode this week. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're kind of just going to launch in and just getting to know you, basically. So, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, like, you know, Hogwarts House, those things are important, but also <laughs> just like a course. bio of yes. you. Okay, uh, great. Um, well, start with Hogwarts House. I feel like it's become almost like a brag to say Gryffindor, but that is what I get when I take the test. So, yes. I, it's not, I wish I wanted to be Ravenclaw, which I feel like is the cooler, like, that's like the hip one <laughs> lately. Is it? Um, I feel like a lot of my cool friends that I, we all did, you know, everyone's done this, but like, you know, the test and the Patronus and the whole thing, and they're all Ravenclaw. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, I want to, I want to <laughs> be that. Um, goes to show like what circles you're in, but that like everyone probably has a different idea of what, you know, they are, but I am a Gryffindor. I'm an ENTJ is my mm-hmm. Myers-Briggs. Um, I know I'm like, what does that mean? I'll have to look it up later because I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> Um, I actually, for my job, they made you take the test before you, before I got my job, like my not author job, um, which is its own like weird thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, the short bio, um, my short bio is that I am from LA. I grew up here, um, and I work in the film industry. So I work on movies and TV shows and just like have loved stories always. And, you know, I've always been a big reader and like TV addicted, like always had some show that was my whole personality, like threw my whole self into the, you know, the book series I was reading or the movie trilogy I was watching and, um, you know, really fell in love with fantasy romance. I'd always loved fantasy, but really fell in love with fantasy romance. I would argue maybe with Outlander, which you could say maybe is more historical romance. uh, (laughs) You're talking uh, to two Jamie Fraser fans right here. Oh my God. I mean, that book, 
I have like stories about I that book, you know, it's like a tome. It's like a big mm -hmm, thing. Yeah. I like brought it with me to the dentist office, like in my car. <laughs> I was reading it red lights, like could not put the thing down. Um, and the ending destroyed me. Obviously, no spoilers. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I remember waking up my fiance in the middle of the night being like, I'm feeling like I'm really upset. Like I'm having a hard time. And then, you know, people tell you like your brain can't tell the difference between like fictional characters mm -hmm. and like real people. So it felt like, you know, whatever. I was very emotional about it. So I was like, got to fill the void. And so started yeah. reading, you know, Sarah Mass and Lee Bardugo and like all these great authors mm -hmm. and ended up, you know, writing this very unexpectedly. And that's yeah. sort of my, my, that's sort of my bio, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great segue into like, what was the inspiration behind this? Like, how did you decide I'm going to write a book? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> It was not like too far off from that. I, I wish that I could be like, I always knew and I studied in college. I like had never taken a single creative writing class. I never mm. thought I was going to be a writer. I mean, I've kept a journal my whole life. So in that way, I've like written, but it's obviously very personal and there's like no prose. Mm -hmm. um, the truth was, and it's funny, I, I there's a little bit about it like in the acknowledgement section of A Dawn of Onyx, but I was on um, a trip with my, with my fiance and had brought like a stack of books with me, which I won't name because it sounds mean, but like I, you know, you start a book and you're like two chapters in, you're like, I just cannot for the life of me get into this. We feel you. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. So I brought, you know, four books with me on this trip, started all of them, wasn't into any of them and was venting, you know, at dinner. I was like, I have nothing to read. We got to go find a store. And I was like, you know, how are they messing this up? It's like great premise and then it goes awry or like these characters have no this, you know, just like bitching mm -hmm. in a, in a totally, I had no idea what I was talking about. I had never written anything. Yeah. And Jack was like, you, you develop stories for a living. You should try, you should just give it a try. Like, you know, this model, you read these books, you sort of know the things that you are looking for, write the thing that you would want to read. So totally for fun, I just decided while on this trip to sort of like plot out what would my ideal book be? You know, like who's my ideal character? What kind of love story do I like? It was the most selfish, self-involved thing. I was like, <laughs> I love when this happens. So it's going to happen. So obviously the first draft was very different than like the thing you're reading now, but I, I basically worked on it there and, um, it started as an outline and then I came home from the trip and it kind of didn't end there and I just couldn't stop and every weekend and I just like fell in love with this world and these characters and they, I mean, really it's, it's the most cliche sounding thing, but they started like telling me, I'd be like, well, I want this thing to happen because I, I love the one bed trope and it has to be in it. And then there was, it didn't make sense. My characters were like, we would never do that. So that didn't happen in this one. Sorry, minor spoilers. Um, but there were things like that where it just started to take on a life of its own. Um, and it was also the most like, it was the most incredible experience. I'd never loved anything, you know, the way I loved writing. And I really like my job and, you know, have a lot of hobbies I enjoy. And I, I would say to my friends that I told about it and my partner, like, this is euphoric. This is unlike anything else. I can't even believe it took me 28 years to, to do this. So... Then, then the ship sailed and it was like, okay, I guess I'm giving this a try. Who knows how it's going to go. That's so amazing. Like, that's just, it makes me like want to write. I don't even know no. what I would write. Do it. But I love, right now. I love how inspiring like you sound talking about this. That's so kind. Please do it. You literally, <laughs> I'm, it is such a, such a special experience just mm -hmm. being, it's almost like meditative. Yep. The experience of just writing and following your own. And you're like, 
it's very therapeutic. You're like purging your own, you know, demons and struggles and the things that you grapple with. And you're writing characters that are flawed and then you still love them. And you're like, wait a second. <laughs> These people with issues that are like mine are still, you know, valid or they're, they're honest or they can find love or whatever it is. And it's like, it's just a really great experience. So please, if you have any interest in doing it, I would say do it and do it sooner than later. I'm, I wish I hadn't waited. Like, I wish I had done this when I knew I loved reading and I was, you know, 18 and had, was picking my major in college. Like, I wish I'd taken a <laughs> class on it. Let's talk a little bit about the book itself. So can you yeah. give us an idea about the world and the thought behind the creation of it? Yes, um, definitely. So for listeners who don't know A Dawn of Onyx, I mean, I'm sure they know because they listen to your podcast and you guys were kind enough to talk about it, but it is a, you know, probably on the border of young adult, new adult uh, mm -hmm. fantasy romance with like a enemies to lovers kind of setup that I think we sort of, we know and love. Mm -hmm. um, but the world, you know, the world to me is what, it's, I mean, it's very self-indulgent. It's, it's the fantasy that I love, which is like grounded in our world and not too much world building where you sort of are constantly flipping back being like, wait, who's the, how does the royalty system work? Or, you know, what land is this? Mm -hmm. um, but it's as if our world was, you know, populated with all of the fantastical elements that we love you know, to read about and to imagine and sort of like the weird corners of my imagination. Um, and I think, you know, the building of the world was the first part because the sort of, for me, I'm very drawn to like folklore and mythology and legend and like magic systems. And one of my personal pet peeves is when they like don't make a lot of sense or you can tell the author is like mm -hmm. really over explaining because they're like, See, I want to prove to you I, I figured this out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just want it to feel kind of seamless. And and honestly, I've been very lucky to have very positive, like, wonderful reviews. But in some some criticism is like, well, there's – I want to know so much more. And I just want to tell them, like, just wait. It's coming. Because <laughs> I like it to be kind of, like, slowly parsed out. I want to learn mm -hmm. about it as the characters learn about it. So there's examples of, like, you know – characters that are not from certain parts of the world who have no idea that that thing is even a thing, just as you wouldn't until you go to a new city or, you know, meet a new culture, someone from a different culture. Um, and so that was part of the world building that was, like, interesting to me. It was, like, keeping it grounded and sort of letting the reader discover things the way you as a person would discover things as you sort of grow. That's also the fun of, like, new adult and young adult. Mm -hmm. It's, like, people that are still figuring themselves out and figuring the world out and learning about it. Um... So that was sort of my way in, and I, you know, I love fairy tales. I love fairies and, and magic and witches and dragons, and, you know, I think using those creatures that we know and love as sort of, like, interesting metaphors mm -hmm. or, or sort of ways into, to, you know, more authentic issues that we deal with, but, like, told through a slightly more exciting lens. So that was also part of it. But I think, you know, the world itself is, is, not, is not anything, like, kind of too... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like so expansive that it doesn't feel accessible. Yeah. yeah. I was so excited when a dragon showed up. I'm going to be honest. I was like <laughs> dragon. So that was a lot of fun. I'm so glad. I, I feel, I mean, by the way, I was like a huge game of Thrones fan and of the books and the show. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, the dragons just make it, it just honestly just adds the like expansiveness. It makes the world feel bigger. It makes the whole series feel more, um, 
like there's more depth to it because of the literal size of the idea of like dragons existing in that world. Mm-hmm. So it's like, gotta have dragons. This was part of my like on vacation, like, well, my favorite book would have dragons. So do, do, do. <laughs> and then like dragons. had to re- reverse engineer that. <laughs> and I will say, I like, I thought your world building was fantastic. Like I was one of those people oh, that really you. appreciated it because I could like, I, I know I was telling Alex in the episode, like, I could feel it building to like, I feel like we're going to get more, like it's developing and I can feel that development as like the characters grow. But I love that it's almost, it's like so simple enough that it's like, okay, well this, like you picked jewels. So it's like, yeah. you know, Onyx and Amber and all these other, I like that they weren't like Sapphire and yeah. like <laughs> Ruby, like the, the very typical, like I like that you kind of took it to a little elevated, more like more elevated level, but it's like they're clear cut in that, I, like they're so Pun different. Intended. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But I'm bunch. Yeah. Um, no, but I like that they're they're also distinct, but they're also like similar, and it does feel like kind of how our world is. Like you were saying, like now that you say that, I get that because it's like there's similarities, but it's also like distinctive cultures, and mm-hmm. so I really like how you've integrated like our world into like a fantasy. I so appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, as far as the stones thing, again, without like spoilers or giving too many things mm-hmm. away, the idea behind that, I, I have always, these are like such obscure references and I feel like <laughs> listeners would be like, what is she talking about? But I don't know if you ever like did karate classes as a kid. They let you like pick a stone at the end of class or like if you've ever no, gone to, that's so that cool, was, though. okay, it's such a specific <laughs> weird memory, but like when I was young and you know my mom was like I want to have a daughter who knows like some self-defense I went and I did these karate classes at the end of each class like when you're a kid like sort of like leaving the dentist's office they like let you pick a treasure and there were like little like stones whatever because it was tied of course now I can't remember anything because I was young but it was like tied to the idea behind like karate and the spirituality of it and like the belts Mm -hmm. whatever I'm going off on a crazy tangent but I loved that was like my favorite part and I thought all the different stones and their different meanings were so interesting Mm -hmm. and then as an adult, whenever I went to like the Natural History Museum or anything, I always wanted to go to like the gem section, the stone section. I think it's a, it feels like this is going to sound so, um, I don't know. This sounds like, and you know, like I put it together to be for this interview, but I really mean this. Um, it's like magic in our real world. Like when you go look and you see like what has grown in this earth on this planet, it's like alien. It's insane. All these different like gems and stones, they're so beautiful and they're like made from Mother Earth. It's wild. So I I felt like that was sort of my version of, you know, even in like Narnia or A Court of Thorns and Roses, you know, the Dawn Court or this, you know, the Ice Palace. Like I loved all the different worlds and I was like, what's my way in that's going to feel original and specific and tied to something that I care about? So that was sort of the impetus of the stones and the ideas that each one very much is a part of like the culture and if you look up what the stones mean and what they stand for in different you know communities or in different parts of the world that's tied into in you know even where the people who live there what their currency is what you know how religious that community is or how they make money or what their you know crops are all of it was sort of tied together but again it's like hopefully if i did my job right it's subtle and it builds and builds throughout the trilogy so by the end you have like a much better sense of like oh i get you know i could picture what these people are into you know i love that yeah and it's really fun (laughs) it makes it easier to remember also like Mm -hmm. it's it's cool when people come up with these crazy names for places but it's like there's no brain association there so 
I love yes. It. Well, that's that. It's funny. I also said this in my acknowledgments. I was like, my fiance helped me come up with better names because, like, I would say my <laughs> the thing I am worst at, you know, is like names for the cities. Because I'm always like, oh, well, this city has smugglers. We're going to call it Smuggler's Cove. And Jeff's like, you can't do that. That's awful. But I'm, like, not good at coming up with original names. So I, I'm with you on that. Like, more props to the people who come up with, like, entire languages. I mean, Game of Thrones being yeah. a great example. But I I don't have that skill. <laughs> no. Um, on a, okay. Well, continuing on talking about Adon of Onyx, the leading lady in it, her name is Arwen. And she is delightful Mm -hmm. what is your favorite quality about her what do you love most about her oh gosh I could talk about Arwen for 100 years um but I will not I (laughs) I'll be succinct I my favorite quality I mean I think I would I'll say three because I think it's like a little triangle they're kind of related you know as I have panic attacks, I've had them since I was nine. They're such a bitch. It's so not fun. I wish I had some like, and then I conquered them and now I'm 28 and they're gone. That's like not the case. It's like everyone has their thing. Um, and I just get them sometimes. I get them when I fly. I get them if I'm in a really tight enclosed space. If I'm, you know, just like feeling overwhelmed. Um, and I very rarely have read about female especially female heroines in books fantasy or otherwise that that struggle with that it's like a weirdly specific thing you know everybody not everybody but many have anxiety or depression and I'm so glad there's representation of those experiences in more mainstream books but I was like am I weird why is this not in in anything else and then I read um a really fantastic book series that I recommend to everyone called a discovery of witches Mm. um which is a tv series now actually which is pretty good yeah. yeah, the show is fun. Um, and the leading woman, I, I might be messing this up because I read it a long time ago, but if I recall, she has panic attacks, which are just like an increase in adrenaline, and she falls in love with a vampire who is a hunter, and hunters are attracted to you know, the adrenaline in their prey, and it's like a very interesting and very romantic dynamic between the two of them where like that makes him even more like the allure is even stronger between them. It's also like the source of her power. And she's this badass who like rows every day. Like she's a, like a rower and she does that to like expel the energy. And I remember reading this and being like, Oh my God, it's, it's what I go through, except there's no pity. I don't feel bad for her. Like she's awesome. And it, it makes her better and stronger and it's, you know, a skill. So I was very, I really wanted to write something like that. Um, so that I could see, you know, myself in the character and that maybe somebody else who suffers from a similar thing might read it and be like, oh, that's not a hindrance. It is something she can learn to grow with and it can be a part of her and something that she understands about herself. Um, So that's a quality of hers I really love. And tied to that is the fact that she, you know, is not kind of like a badass off the bat. Like she's struggling with this. She's lived a really sheltered life. She's been, you know, abused not just you know physically like she was beat by her stepfather but she also was emotionally you know abused by her family members whether they meant to or not and there's so much about the world that you know she's 20 and that was sort of the thing I was like debating YA and NA but I felt like at 20 you know like a year into college a year and a half like I still I was so not the person I am today like there was so much growth um to do and I think most new adult just means like we can have more smut which is great (laughs) and I love that 
I have no problem with that. But I was also like, I really want to explore that weird time when like mm -hmm. you are supposed to be an adult and people expect you to behave like an adult, but you have not done it yet. So you don't really yeah. know how. So I like that she's also like, you know, she's flawed and she makes bad decisions and she doubts herself left and right. And she does things that are rash that she doesn't think through. And, you know, the hope is, I hope this isn't a spoiler. Um, we said by minor, the time she, minor. Yes, minor. Well, it's like, you got to hope this happens. Otherwise, it's not a very good series. But by the time yeah. she grows into the kind of character in the end of the trilogy that is like kicking ass and taking names and trusting herself and, you know, taking care of the people she loves and like, doesn't doubt herself and all this great stuff that you want, you know, like an Aelin or like anybody else, you want to, I, I wanted to see her build to that. And so mm -hmm. you have to have, you know, the beginning where like she, she is genuinely flawed like we all are. So that was like the second thing I really love. And then the third one, which is easy, is like on top of that, despite the pain and the struggles and the suffering, she really makes me laugh. And that <laughs> is like, I love her like inner monologue so much. She oh. cracks me up. Um, I just think she has, like, a very kind of, like, funny, you know, outlook on things. She's, you know, positive, but she also has been through a lot. So it's, like, a little snarky, a little sarcastic without being so sassy that there's no authenticity or, like, honest moments. You know, mm -hmm. it's, like, sass, sass, sass. Mm -hmm. um, so she just, she makes me laugh, which is probably totally self-involved because that means I make me laugh because <laughs> I wrote it. But it feels like her. So that's, that's, those are the things I really love about her. I love that. So, to, like, Arwen's, like, foil counter, if you will, within this series yes. is King Ravenwood. So what what is the allure of King Ravenwood for you? Like, how would you describe their connection, how it's evolving? What are your thoughts? Totally. Um, well, you did just say uh, tall, dark, brooding. I mean, that's my type, too. That's, I think, most <laughs> of ours. Um, you know, I think... Like, right off the bat, Allure for readers, Allure is an author, you know, he's complex, he's really witty and charming, um, funny, sexy, very smart, uh, dangerous, has secrets, all of the things that I think, you know, we all really look for in, like, a fantasy hero. Um, you know, for me personally... I like a fantasy, well, I'm like, a, I love love. I'm like a big, like committed relationship gal. I am not as into like the really toxic, like breakups and lies and back together and more lies and more breakups. And like, you know, I don't know if you've ever read like after, I mean, those books are really fun, but like all of, that's not what I look for when I'm like oh, a great romantic hero. I want someone like Rysand, who's like actually like a really wonderful caring partner like a man that you would marry somebody who's mm -hmm. gonna like respect you and respect your wishes and like be honest with you and so a lot of the times what I think is the allure about Kane is that when he has an opportunity to be your kind of normal mafia book hero and do the kind of like I'll rip his heart out for looking at you thing he's <laughs> like yeah of course he's looking at you you're really hot anyway or like whatever <laughs> you know like I, I like that slightly more realistic slightly more confident and like more sustainable hero maybe mm -hmm. that's boring but that's at no. least one of the things that i we think is it. romantic mm -hmm. we love it and we're all like you know married slash soon to be married ladies so maybe we're like you know you <laughs> want the kind of person that you're building a life with but yeah that's at least like the lure for me and i think for readers for arwen you know i think their relationship is very complex i think that she is really drawn to the fact that he 
opens up the world for her, like Mm -hmm. in a way that she had never even contemplated it, even from their very first meeting, you know, he's constantly poking holes in like the way she sees things, not just that he's evil, but that the world is very black and white, you know, she can be really naive and she can think that like, well, this is how it is. And he's like, it's not that, and it's not this either. There's shades of gray, there's complexity, there's, you know, all kinds of nuance to the world. So I think that is a learning turn. I think the way he does it sometimes is delicate, sometimes not. You know, he's flawed too. He's got a temper. But I think for the most part, he's interested in helping her learn about herself and the world and allowing her to go on that journey, and she's attracted to him for it. Um, I think they make each other laugh, which, like, is important and is a big part of I think a really healthy relationship. So whether or not you find them funny, I think they find each other (laughs) funny. So I think that like that is a big attraction, you know, off the bat when they're kind of friends before they're enemies, before she, you know, learns things again, no spoilers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is a, a big draw. And I think she's attracted to, as she begins to get to know him again, it's hard. I'm like trying to dance around spoilers, but I think that she's attracted to the fact that, he also feels a weight on his shoulders. You know, she has had to take care of her family for a long time. And, you know, he has to take care of a kingdom and a continent and even more than that. And I think that that's a different scale. But still, I think there's like a, she recognizes that in him. And it's a a shared kind of experience between the two of them. Mm -hmm. I love that. I also, something you mentioned is another thing I love about your characters is they feel real because they're complex like uh, like having flaws and the great things and like that combined it makes you care about them more and I think oftentimes people are like I'm just I just want to write someone that they'll either love or they'll hate and I'm like no I like going back and forth on someone like Sarah and I have gone back and forth on Reese on the podcast where it's like yeah we love these moments but then there's other ones where like oh that was really shitty that you did that and so being able to do that with your characters also it just I feel like it draws us in even more and we absolutely love that part of your books as well I'm so happy to hear you say that. That makes me so happy. Also, I'd like to, for anyone listening to this, who's like, she said Rysand. She doesn't really. Oh. I know it's Rysand. I don't care. It's not I how I say it in my head. head. I wasn't going to bring it up. I was going to let it go. Friend to friend. I'm one of those people where, like, it's Reese when I read it as Reese, but it's Rysand when I read the whole name. Okay. And I don't care that it makes no sense. That's what it is in my brain when I read it. That's fine. It's just too hard. And by the way, I know I'm not alone. I see people on TikTok that are like R-I-C-E, like that's what it is. But because yeah. when you read the first book, I believe they they don't call him Reese. Or like if they no, that she doesn't for a while until like later. So, so you you don't read it as like anyways, whatever. I it's, was it's something that I, I'm self-conscious about. No, I called him Bryce Ann for the longest time. And then Alex was like, yeah. you know, you're saying it wrong. I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know I was saying it wrong. But thank you for correcting in, me. In my defense, this this is a whole other tangent. But there is a Welsh woman that lives in my parents' basement. It's a whole thing. And Resand is a Welsh sure. name. Yeah, yeah, she's fine. Um, but it's a Welsh name. And so she's also like, her, like she, I think she like had said it before. And so that's why I like had that in my you knew mind. it already I know so. I I really try hard not to copy any of my favorite authors like I want to take inspiration from what they do well but I do mm-hmm. not want anything to feel like it's carbon copied some yep. stuff you can't avoid like you know prisoner Tropes. like captive like okay what you gonna do how else is she gonna get in the castle like these things yeah happen. but I try really hard not to however 
fully, fully stole um, taking names from like old Gaelic and old Welsh because, which by the way, like Sarah Mass takes that from Lord of the Rings, who takes that from whatever, like we're all sharing in that right. together. Yeah. But um, they're so beautiful. The names are so beautiful and they mm-hmm. feel so fantastical, but they also are grounded because they're real names. And if you go, you know, over the pond, those are <laughs> names that you'll, you know, you'll meet people with these beautiful names. And I was like, oh, I just love it. So I fully like Rysand, you know, yes, it's Welsh. And there's a lot of names that are in my books that are, you know, Welsh and Gaelic and, you know, mm-hmm. Irish. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Speaking I love of that. names, um, her friend, how do you Mari. say her name? Is it Mari? <laughs> okay. We were back and forth. Because at first, in my head, I kept switching every time I read it between Mary and Marie. And I was like, I, I can't decide. And then Sarah was like, oh, I did Mari because there was a person on The Bachelorette named Mari. Yeah. And I was there like, you go. <laughs> So we wanted to ask. We were curious. The Bachelorette educating people every single day. I know. It's amazing. (laughs) I also, I did like a little AMA on my Instagram the other night. um, Mm -hmm. And somebody was like, how do you say these names? And I did. I did all of the names that I could think of. So if if you have any, if anyone who's listening has any other questions, I saved all the answers in like one of my little story highlights on my Instagram page. So it's in there somewhere. All the, all the name uh, pronunciations. We love a pronunciation guide. It's very helpful. (laughs) so helpful sarah and i are doing crescent city on our podcast right now and our pronunciation guide is the audible like that is that is all (laughs) we have at this point are you listening to it on audible well i have in the past Mm -hmm. um so like that's the only reason why i have even a little bit of context on how some of these things are pronounced so sarah will be like this this and i'm like audible says this so that's (laughs) that's the best guess i I got audible yes totally (laughs) that's probably a really fun book to do via audible Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. I mean, again, for the people who are reading along with us and haven't finished Crescent City, um, the ones who know, there's some very emotional parts towards the end. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I, it, like, it was nice, but it was also, like, I have my headphones in and I'm walking around my house, like, doing dishes or laundry, just, like, sobbing because, like, <laughs> I'm multitasking. And I'm like, I don't know if this was a good idea because it was even more emotional hearing it than reading it for me, at least. Totally. So, no, of course. That's a That's a warning if you decide to listen to that because you're gonna you're gonna hear them say the things that hurt very much you're literally saying this to me and i'm like oh i could i'm not going to do that that's gonna make me too upset well it was wonderful it was beautiful i loved it but also ah, prepare yourself that's all i loved it and i will never recover (laughs) pretty much that's the story of my life um all right so one more question about dawn of onyx what was your what and i know this is like could be minor spoilers but maybe like what was your favorite moment or what are the kinds of scenes that you really enjoy writing in this series? Oh, fun. Um, well, I love, I love writing dialogue. Um, it feels it, that it comes like most naturally to me probably because I, I, in my job, most of what I read is dialogue because you read scripts and pilots and it's, You know, it's like exterior, this house, and then the whole thing is dialogue. There's like no prose. Um, So that feels the most kind of seamless to me. And it's funny, we're talking about listening. Like I'll listen to my, uh, with like word, you know, they'll just do speaker or whatever it is. I don't know what, I forgot what the little button is. Um, And it's a good way to hear, like, does your dialogue sound like the way people really talk? Or are you like adding weird filler that, you know, your writing mind wants to put, but people don't really say. Um, and so that is really fun. So again, without giving spoilers, like one of my favorite scenes is them in the wine cellar. I just feel like it, it flows yes. like a great 
first date between enemies or something like I don't know what you would call that but I I love that scene I've read it a hundred times um and I think scenes like that I really enjoy between them um I also you know I really love the the sort of like sweeping world building descriptions I think I don't know if it's like my strongest suit but I I love writing them because it feels there's like a great kind of that euphoric feeling of explaining something that I can see very clearly in my mind, correctly explaining that to an audience, like reading it and thinking, okay, they're going to totally get what I picture or like this world they inhabit. So that's, that's been a really fun thing to work on, to get better at and to, um, you know, allow my characters to, to sort of play in those spaces and to write that for them has been really fun. I love that. And I love that scene too. That was, Oh yes. (laughs) Such a fun one. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm so glad you guys like it. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to not talk about the book as much, but um, kind of writing the book. So what's kind of been yeah. like the best and hardest parts of your journey in like publishing all this? Totally. Um, so it's a very kind of weird thing. I, I obviously, or maybe not obviously, I never planned to publish it. I really just wanted to write it for myself and totally for fun. Um, when I finished it, I was not going to let a single person read it. It was just going to be for me. Um, and then I made a TikTok of the book. I made a TikTok that like took place in one of the scenes or, or was about one of the scenes, honestly, Mm -hmm. just because I was so in love with the story and I wanted to share it with someone and I wasn't quite ready to actually ask real humans that I knew to read it. (laughs) Um, so I was like, this is a way that people can see it without actually, you know, I can hide behind a pen name and a TikTok and, you know, just give an excerpt and the TikTok did really well. And then they, I started making more and they started doing well. So at a certain point I had, you know, two or 3000 followers. It was like nothing crazy. And people were saying, like, when does this come out? When can I read it? When are you publishing? And I was like, publishing? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it's like totally unprepared. And I was lucky enough to, because of the line of business I'm in, like have some friends who worked in the publishing world or like book to film world. And I was like, if I wanted to go about publishing, like where would I even begin? And they sort of walked me through, you know, getting an agent and querying and what that process would be. And at the time, I was like, I don't even know if anybody will read this. I don't want to spend, you know, two years of my life doing that, um, especially when I have another job and I just, like, wasn't sure what the response would be. So I decided to self-publish it um, for that reason. Also, you know, candidly, fantasy romance is a, is a niche genre, but it's having, like, a huge moment. Um, and it's just growing and growing and growing. But if you go, you know, for any authors that might be listening to this or people who want to publish their work in this space – if you go on query tracker there aren't many literary agents who are in this space who are looking for fantasy romance and especially not new adult which is also a hybrid category it's not quite adult it's not quite YA um but if you go on book talk it's like the number one you know it's like top 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 most searched and most you know posted about so I was like, well, it's having a moment. Like, let's just see. So then I went on the excruciating journey of self-publishing by myself with like no experience on how to do that. So, you know, I would say the best part was writing the book. The hardest <laughs> part was publishing the book. <laughs> was like yeah. l- learning how to do that. Um, and I've been lucky enough that like since publishing, I've gotten a literary agent and that has, you know, made future books, whether I continue to self-publish them or traditionally publish them, you know, much easier. But 
you know, the process, it's more that it's just very time consuming. You know, there's a lot of steps. If you are trying to not spend a lot of your own money, there's even more steps because you're doing a lot more things on your own instead of paying people to help you do them. Um, and you just got to watch a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> that God was very helpful to me. Thank God for YouTube. Truly. Seriously. Uh, um, okay. So who's an author that you admire? So obviously Sarah Mass like has to be mentioned, not just because of this podcast, but she is such an inspiration. I mean, the story of how she got into writing, like writing the first book, you know, writing Throne of Glass and pursuing getting it published and the 10 year journey. I mean, if you've read about it, it's like, it's a very inspiring story as an author. Um, and just like her level of creativity, her prose, the characters, like you said, that she writes that are so complex. Um, she's, she's absolutely up there. Um, a lot of my favorite authors are not necessarily in this genre specifically. You know, I really love like contemporary romance, love Emily Henry, mm -hmm. have had the pleasure of meeting her and she is like wow. a dream that is like my biggest brag that I want that on my headstone. Like she is <laughs> incredible. I felt so starstruck to meet her. Um, and she's just like a lovely, cool person who is exactly as you picture. And her writing is so beautiful. Um, I think that I really love romance where like the romance is great, but the writing, even if it was just, you know, fiction, if it was just like character driven fiction, mm -hmm. you still would really love. And I think that she like does that to a T. Same with um, Sally Thorne, who wrote The Hating Game. Have you mm -hmm. guys read The Hating Game? I haven't, but I, I haven't. know of it. But yeah. I, um, I love The Hating Game so much. I think it's probably my favorite contemporary romance for all the reasons that like we've been talking about really like the characters are so flawed and complex and when you understand why they are the way they are and who they are they feel like real people that you know mm -hmm. and you love them so much for it um some of the best like back and forth dialogue banter of like any book that i've read um i so i i love her i'm also like a big mystery fan murder mystery fan so mm -hmm. i love jillian flynn with like an obsessive passion <laughs> i think sharp objects is like the greatest murder mystery like twist resolve like who done at the end of that book is i think like masterful if you mm -hmm. if anyone is interested in that if you're interested in that it's like an easy quick book it's pretty short i really recommend it i also love tana french who is an uh an irish author of mysteries murder mysteries um she writes just like the most compelling worlds like you read those books and you feel like you're there which is obviously all you can hope for um i mean george R. R. martin like i'm a game of thrones fan like those books are it's just like the most impressive feat of like human creativity, like what he has built in his mind mm -hmm. feels like, you know, I, 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 it's like Shakespeare. It's unbelievable. So yep. those are probably like hit list. I'm sure we'll finish this and I'll be like, oh my God, I miss so many people. But those are the ones, those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, last question formally, Kate, but yes. we love the Dawn of Onyx. We're so excited for book two. Any information hints things you can give us like do we have a name do we have a timeline is there i don't know i don't know anything you want to share oh my gosh um i want to tell you guys everything <laughs> but i won't <laughs> um i can't share the name yet honestly just because i am 99 sure it's the name but i want the room to change it just in case so i'm gonna <laughs> hold that nugget just for one more beat um 
timeline, you know, it's written. Uh, I'm feeling great about the book right now. I don't think it's too, too far away. It will depend on some like stuff that's a little bit out of my control, like agents and the route of publishing and stuff like yeah. that. But I, um, you know, candidly, I've been so blessed and so lucky just in the month that the book has been out to have a real fan base that is hungry for the second book. And if mm -hmm. traditionally publishing um, with the sort of new team that I have means that people will have to wait like more than a year, I'm just not going to do that because I don't want people to have to wait. So God bless you. We appreciate that. <laughs> that, that sounds so like, oh, you're welcome. But I just mean like I would be pissed. So yeah. I don't want to do it to other people. Um, so I'm hoping, uh, I'm also, I'm getting married this year. Um, which is a thank you so much, but it is a time constraint. There's like some, you know, other other deadlines as well. So um, that is maybe adding to the timeline. But I'm hoping I'm like saying tentatively late spring, mid summer, like end of summer at the latest. That's the hope. That soon. That that's would be great. That would, <laughs> would that's the to. hope. Um, I don't think it's out of, the, I think it's likely, but I also just, you know, anybody who is interested in like wants concrete dates, like join the mailing list. It's on my website and it's on my, um, link in bio and both my Instagram and my TikTok. Nothing, anything that goes out in the mailing list is concrete. So if you get it via newsletter, it means it's for real. Um, anything that I say like on these or like in comments <laughs> on Instagram, like take it with a grain of salt. Uh, I saw somewhere someone was like, she's saying July. And I was like, ah, I don't know. That was, you know, <laughs> I threw that out there. Don't hold me to it. Um, so that's, that's as far as like date, as far as like, you know, fun things with the book. I mean, I think I've said this a couple places now, but the book is going to be dual POV um, of both. Yeah. Of both uh, Arwen and Kane, just the two of them. Um, so finally we'll get like a look into his head, which also means like yearning and pining and all the good stuff that oh, I love. love. Love it. We love it. We love it. Um, you know, more world building for sure for the people who are like, I want to know more about this world, how it is, why it is, what the other kingdoms are like. I promise that I will deliver on that. You will get more answers. You will also have more questions. <laughs> Sorry about that part, but that'll be there. Um, you know, some new characters. I don't want to give too much away on that front. Um more twists I think more unexpected twists I think in you know the first book there's some things that like if you read a lot of this genre you probably had an inkling of because mm -hmm. a lot of it is set up I think this one I'm hoping there's at least some stuff that will be just like very unexpected um, in a good way mm -hmm. uh, and it's very spicy which I'm actually trying to pull <laughs> back a little <laughs> the, the truth was I was like with my first one I was like these people are young. They barely know each other. Like, I, it almost was like, I don't want to open the door too much for their sake. It was a very weird feeling of like, <laughs> it's too personal for them. I don't know if I want everyone to be like, and now they're like, you know, doing this, whatever. The second one, I want them to get together. So when they, you know, when things happen, I'm like, I mean, at this point right now, I have three straight chapters that are just smut. I'm like, this has got to be toned down. This is out of control. <laughs> people are going to be bored. So definitely spicier definitely more in that like you know plated prisoner a court of mist and fury you know court of silver flames like category as far as spice goes which is fun That's well awesome. that i am very excited for that so <laughs> great so, i think you've confirmed i think i've seen it like on instagram that it's going to be a trilogy yes so, okay. it's definitely a trilogy the actually the endings this is like just a fun fact you didn't ask but i like love this so i'm telling people <laughs> you love it um 
the ending of the first book, the ending of the second book, and the ending of the third book I had before I ever like put pen to paper. Like wow, when I was that. just talking about the idea with my fiance, you know, on this trip, I was like, well, here's how the first one ends. Like ends definitely, you know, no spoilers, but yeah. this, you know, this realization, this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one, definitely this. And then the third one, this is how it wraps up. And he was like, I think you have a book series. I'm like, I don't know, like order dessert, <laughs> didn't think about it. And then, you know, so that I've had for a long time. It's definitely a trilogy. As far as like the rest of the series, you know, I think I'm still trying to figure out whether side characters will have their own books within this same, like Sacred Stones is the name of the trilogy because of mm-hmm. the world. And anything that I set in this world, I would consider like part of that series, but not part of the initial trilogy. Um, but I also have like a couple other ideas in different worlds that I'm starting to become very attached to. So maybe we do that and come back. I, I haven't quite decided yet on that front. That's amazing. And that's so exciting for you. It's, it's very fun. Um, it, it is, it's a wild feeling, like feeling like, oh, like these characters are people and their stories need to be told. Like I got to get on that, you know, yep. for them. It's like, <laughs> it's a very like strange feeling, but that's sort of, I guess how it feels. Awesome. And then, so Kate, you've mentioned like a email newsletter that comes out. How, what sure. are other ways people can interact with you? Where can they find you? Oh, yes. Uh, great. Um, I was going to say plugs because I listen to a podcast called Comedy Bang Bang, which is like totally not. I feel like the Venn diagram of fantasy romance readers and people who listen to Comedy Bang Bang, <laughs> there is no middle. It's like just me. But if you happen to know that podcast, they always do a bit at the end called plugs. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kate Golden Author. Um, I answer as many like DMs and comments and messages as I can. I do a lot of like polls and Q and A's on my story. So, you know, lots of Instagram interaction there. Um, I do have a newsletter that you can sign up for on my website, which is kategoldenbooks.com. Um, but you can also find that via my Instagram link in bio or my TikTok link in bio. I also have a TikTok where I post a lot of like teasers and clips and bits and pieces, mostly of the first book right now, but starting probably end of this month, I'll start posting ones from the new book, which is fun, like little trailers. Um, that's at Kate Golden Author. Um, and then my website is like a good resource. There's like fan art on there. I have an FAQ. My email is on there if you want to reach out to me directly. Um, I think, I'm trying to think what else is on my website. I think that's like the the main brunt of it. And then you can also buy books on my website. You can buy signed copies on my website. Um, you can buy like a limited edition bookmark that I sent out to bookstagrammers, but now I'm get I'm selling the rest of them with signed copies. Um, so that that's all on my website. And then um, I have this newsletter, which is I really like. I hate when I sign up for something and then it's like Thanksgiving email, Christmas email, like the constant <laughs> spam, and then I unsubscribe. So I swear that is not how this works, but. When I have information, I will just send out like maybe once every couple of months, like here are things that are happening. Here's where you can, you know, sign up for stuff, buy stuff. If I do giveaways, if there are going to be sales, all of that and any kind of the newsletter followers will get any book updates before any other like platforms do. So join the newsletter. I won't clog your inbox. I promise. (laughs) That's my (laughs) slogan. Awesome. Well, Kate, thank you so much. This has meant the world and it's been so fun chatting with you. Likewise, um, thank you guys. This has been—I'm a fan of your podcast, as you know. I've told you, and I'm. This has been so much fun. 
Yeah, we've loved having you. So, and hopefully everybody that's listening, if you haven't gone and read this book, please go pick up a copy of A Dawn of Onyx. Yeah, well, that's the end of our interview and we will talk to y'all more next week. Thank you so much for listening to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls, a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe and let us know what you think. Check out our Patreon for more ways to support and connect with us for as low as $1 a month. You can also find us on Instagram at at fairies and fangirls. Jump in on the conversation and we look forward to chatting with you more next week. Bye. Bye.